On today's episode of the Turn Pod, a jam-packed episode for you. We're going to break down the Phillies' big series in Atlanta so far, the Monday Night Massacre, a Week 3 NFL review, a preview of Week 4, specifically Thursday Night Football, the newest developments in the redacted trade demand from the Sixers, the four, three and a half Sixers on the ESPN Top 100 list, and potential Washington football team names. But before we get into any of this, we're going to give you a nice word about our sponsor, Anchor. Hello, everybody, and welcome. Monday Night Football this week was far from great, but it gave us something to talk about on Episode 8 of the PA Turn Pod. Joined, as always, by Chucky Finch, or, uh, Joel. How are you, buddy? Sick. Sick, but again, Willis Reed, plain hurt. There you go. How about you, sir? How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm a little tired, but at this point, every day I'm tired. So we're going to power through this. I have not had any caffeine yet today, so... Inching one step closer to 30. Yeah, unfortunately. Are we all? <laughs> all right, Rob. We got some uh, Instagram questions. Yeah, it's about mailbag. time. Finally. The mailbag was empty for a little bit. Now we have a couple <laughs> little notes from uh, our classmates. Do you want to start? I only have one. I have three. Okay. And I have not heard these, so I'm excited to hear these. <laughs> Hopefully they're sports related. If not, they're even better. Uh, do you want to know if they're sports or do you want to just hear the question and you go from there? Oh, I, I say just read them and we'll react in real time. All right. And before I start, I think we got to give a quick shout out to probably Steve from uh, Blues Clues. I think ever since he came out, the mailbag has been full. I'm just saying. I mean, it's been one <laughs> week or so, but I think Steve gave us a, an assist there. Big return from Steve. Yeah. Thanks, Steve. All right. Uh, all right. Let me go. What, the first Instagram question. I can't confirm or deny this person wanting their identity out there because they did not confirm or deny, but anonymous said, did you stop at 10 question mark? So I don't know what that means. What? Clearly this is episode eight. (laughs) So no, we did not stop at 10. We're at eight. We do not plan on stopping at 10. Um, (laughs) what does that mean? (laughs) I don't know, but thank you for the support anonymous. I, I I don't know. I had no choice but to stop at ten. You can't be rated any higher than a ten. So, I mean, if people view me as a ten. I can't get any better than that. I mean, just like Dave Portnoy said, you can't go any higher. Once you That's a 10, rookie score though, because it's it, an even. You can't do increments of zeros and fives though. That's true. That's a rookie score. So, about zero out of ten for you, whoever gave that question in. That's up there with the LeBron score. Pretty harsh, right there. The LeBron score. Oh, yeah. You didn't see the episode where uh, Dave Portnoy rated LeBron's establishment. I think it's called. Uh, it's probably terrible. And he literally took, I don't think he even took a bite. He just dropped it on the floor and walked away and said zero. Ah, well, <laughs> apt, I guess. <laughs> um, You want to go number two or do you want to go? Yeah, I'll, I'll do number two, like Jalen Hurts' press conference. Um, this one is, I'm going to assume this one is from Anonymous to avoid internet bullying. Uh, Joel, is a taco a sandwich? Oh my goodness. This is like the little, this is like the redheaded stepchild of the is a hot dog a sandwich question. So is a taco shout out a to you, Anonymous. Yeah. A taco is not a sandwich. It's a taco. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And we could go on for an hour about this. This kind of ties uh, into the hot dog thing. I think a hot dog is a sandwich. A taco, I, I would be a hypocrite if I thought otherwise for a, a taco. Dog is a so sandwich? what? What's your definition of a sandwich? It's just meat between 
Brad, right? Sure. Yeah. Do you consider a horizontally? Hoagie or, well, horizontally. Do you consider a hoagie a sandwich? Sure. <laughs> and then what? What differentiates that from a hot dog? <laughs> it's an open face roll, which I understand is some people's argument. But if a cheesesteak is a sandwich and is usually referred to as a steak sandwich, hot dog. If a hoagie, a grinder, or a hero, or like a parm or a sub are considered a sandwich, then so what? Hot dog can't. You know, it hot dog is was dealt the the hand it was. So <laughs> hot dog can't change that. Don't don't take it out on hot dog. Uh. Maybe and I don't want to be, be I don't want to be a hypocrite, so I gotta say a taco is a sandwich. So <laughs> it feels like a chess match. I Thank mean, you, Anonymous. That was a very good question. It is. I'm I'm I, stunned. I'm shook it's right I, here. I don't think I can go on. Joel was not prepared. I, I told you we did not read these before the episode, guys. So I don't think I can go on with the next two. I don't know. If you have an answer by the end of the episode, feel free to just shout it out like you have Tourette's or something. Just bring it up at any point and just <laughs> let me know. Note it. All right. Uh question number two. What came first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> <laughs> this is by uh, Christian Mbusio. Thank you, Christian. I'm not going to pronounce that, but uh, <laughs> uh, do you want to go first or you want me to go first? Isn't this like a biblical question? <laughs> I think it is. Ah, oh, jeez. Um, so well, we're definitely getting canceled. I cheated because I saw this question. Uh, well, yeah. Well, you, one of us had to have seen some of these. Yeah, so I cheated, so I Googled it, and Google went on, on on a tangent. But long story short, I think the consensus is the egg came first. Yes. But it was birthed from not two chickens. It was two whatever. Oh, yeah. And then it became later a chicken that does lay eggs. So I was told that uh, the question is not what came first, the chicken or the chicken egg. It was uh, just the egg. So I'm, I'm assuming dinosaurs at some point laid eggs. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to go on a technicality, which is a boring answer. I'm going to go dinosaur egg existed before chickens did, but I don't know. We learned so many new things about the universe every week. Um, Who did T-Rex it, bag back in the day? I don't know. He had short arms. So I mean, whatever it was, anybody? <laughs> I couldn't tell you. Triceratops out here running the game. Yeah. <laughs> um, the chicken or the egg? Uh, yeah, I think it's the egg. Uh, speaking of that, side note, there is a restaurant in Beach Haven, New Jersey, called Chicken or the Egg. And I was there, I think, a few weeks ago with a girl that I'm dating. She took me out there. I think it's in Long Beach. And brother, that's a five out of five. I haven't eaten all the food, obviously, because it's my first mm-hmm. time there. But I had one of their go-tos called the Fat Chegg. <laughs> C-H-E-G-G. And bro, I'm going to send you a picture. You can react to it as I describe to the listeners and you what this consists of. This is buffalo chicken fingers covered in one of their 18 flavored sauces. Oh, this looks good. Mozzarella sticks inside, plus onion rings, jalapeno poppers, and fries all stuffed inside a sun-dried tomato wrap. (laughs) <laughs> with a side of blue cheese or ranch and we had issues last time that was brought up so to each their own blue cheese or ranch or neither pic- right is, or that neither. A, is that an option thank you it's probably neither and then you get a uh, pickle chips and more fries on the side oh, it's called the fat chag i, I love that they put it. all the uh the fried stuff in there and then they put it in a tomato wrap just to keep it healthy <laughs> it's like it when you go to finish one it would have been yeah. even healthier it's like when you go to mcdonald's and get the diet coke with your big mac <laughs> although i will say um the tomato wrap and the spinach wrap and those different variants. We talked about this actually off the air. 
Um, yep. Those different like types of wraps are actually very good. I like a nice like sun dried tomato wrap or a spinach wrap or anything like that with my my lunch. Even if it's not like a even if it is a healthy or unhealthy thing, I think it just makes the food better. Yeah, it wasn't like a thick uh, bread or anything. It was yeah. a wrap. It was awesome. Sometimes it's subtle. The the picture you sent me looks really good, by the way. Um, not to go off on too much of a tangent, but uh, where I used to live, and I guess not too far from where I live now. It's not there anymore, but about 10 years ago, there used to be a place off of uh, like State Road, right off 95, uh-huh. uh, the common exit. It was called Steak and Egg, I believe. Ooh. And they they would make cheesesteaks that had fried egg on them. And that was my first time experiencing like fried egg on something I wasn't used to having a fried egg on. And now I like, I, and anytime I have the chance to get a fried egg on a burger, I just go for it. So I can see that. Yeah, Steak and Egg was good. I mean, considering it's a cheesesteak, most people put ketchup on there. Uh, most people put ketchup on their eggs. Most people like cheese with their eggs. I mean, it's a bunch of stuff that just sounds like it goes together. So, yeah, for sure. There's a spot down here in South Jersey called Tony Beefs, mm-hmm. and you can customize your burger. And the option is you can put a fried egg and avocados and all the other stuff on Ooh. there. I haven't had it yet. Yeah, but I'm going to. And my boy Edgar, who's probably going to be listening to this, <laughs> as my voice cracks. You going through puberty. So you did stop at 10 because you haven't gone through yeah. puberty yet. <laughs> so there's the answer. Um, he likes to put uh, eggs on his sandwiches as well. Uh, have you ever had a fried egg on a burger? No. Do you like fried egg? Yes, I do. Uh, then you would like it. It's it. It's really not a huge difference, but it's much better than without. Like, I feel like if I have the option of getting it, I just have to at this point. It can't be one of those eggs that's runny, though. Uh, uh, that's my, what it is, though. Yeah. It's running. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, if it's fried, it shouldn't be runny. If it's a little runny, it's fine. A little but, bit uh, runny, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had uh, the first time I ever had a fried egg and a burger was actually a Red Robin, uh, the one in, I think it's in Collegeville. And it was like, it was late at night. I went with your niece and we were actually, we went to KOP Mall. We couldn't find a, a restaurant that was allowing people to sit within 45 minutes. Went to like an Outback, went to like, we called a couple of places. Oh, 45 minute, 45 to 70 minute wait. Screw that. We went to Red Robin. They're like, yeah, five minutes. So we sat down. I got a fried egg on a burger. It was amazing. Our waiter looked like Sal from Impractical Jokers. And we went back like two weeks later and it was the same guy. So awesome. Great food. <laughs> Maybe it was Sal. It probably was. I was hoping we were on TV. <laughs> what uh, is the uh, fourth question there? The fourth question is uh, funny enough, the girl that I am dating with, dating, <laughs> <laughs> sends a question in. Uh, Brickell says, and this is sports related. What are some Thank of the benefits God. and downfalls to a parlay? Oh, geez. Uh, well, I would love to go into the downfalls <laughs> given how my weekend progressed. And I'll go into the benefits. Uh, the downfalls are whilst you, you know, you might see better odds. You, you're relying on so many more independent things to happen. Um, sometimes you can relay like your, your legs will be kind of related to one another. Like a, for instance, if you have a, a quarterback throwing a certain number of touchdowns, that might also mean he's going to throw for a high number of passing yards. So if one hits, usually the other will hit, but you're relying on so many different things to happen. Yeah, too many different variables to keep account, especially yeah. the bigger your parlay, which is like multiple uh, scenarios, have to mm-hmm. go right before you win any substantial amount of money. Yeah, yeah, you can't get, if two of your three hit, you don't get two-thirds of the money, you just... You're screwed. Yeah, it's all or nothing. Basically. The thrill of it and the agony. The agony, uh, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like our our luck has completely flipped. (laughs) 1,000%. I crushed it my first two weeks in college football and the first week in the NFL, and I was like, oh, I'm I'm living. I'm on easy street. I cashed out my money. 
I bought some stuff and then the last Buy couple of weeks, the opposite has happened. I bought a house. No, I'm kidding. Uh, the <laughs> last two queen, weeks. All her uh, birthday yeah. gifts and the executive producer, Benny. Yeah. yeah. You gifts. see this, you see this bag of treats right here. This was uh this was Texans money line right here. And, uh, and then you're still recovering. Yeah. Well, this weekend wasn't killer, but you know, no, not at all. But for me, if you follow on the PA underscore turnpot Instagram, on the stories, I have been uh, killing it this past weekend with the NFL picks. Not so much with college football. Thanks, Rob and uh, Fireman Joe. Thank <laughs> you for that nonsense. Never again will I do that. Alabama didn't even cover. That was crazy. Alabama always covers, too. That's two weeks in a row now. <laughs> I'm not touching that again. I've learned mm-hmm. my lesson. Burns me twice? Nah, shame on me. But uh, yeah, that's basically what it is. Yeah. Uh, thank you to Anonymous, uh, the other Anonymous. Yeah, Christian and Raquel for uh, the anonymi. The anonymi, yeah. For sending right. your questions. What do you want to jump in first? You want to go with the uh, the one depressing Philadelphia team, or the other depressing Philadelphia team, or the depressing Philadelphia player? I vote uh, the lack of fightings. We jump into them first because we'll get that out of our way. Yeah, let's talk about the um, lack of fighting Phils right now. The fightings who we have, uh, they must not listen to the pod because they have no motivation. It seems Jeez. biggest biggest series and like the last 10 years for this stupid team. And they show up yesterday and they go flat. I understand Charlie Morton is a big game pitcher and Zach Wheeler was, you know, wasn't great, but he was, he was certainly good enough. The offense just did nothing last night. Um, if you didn't see it, they lost two to one to Atlanta. They gave up two runs early in that game. Uh, and then as in the ninth inning, they loaded the bases. Girardi sticks with his veterans as he always does. Alec Bohm absolutely murdering the ball in AAA, and he sticks with uh, Freddie Galvis and Didi Gregorius. Gregorius at least produced a run, but Sir Didi. sticks with Galvis. Yeah, Sir Didi, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, and then sticks with Galvis at the end. Uh, Galvis put up, put up a good fight, but he swung through a 93-mile-an-hour fastball right down the dick to end the game. So uh, we're whatever. Um, I, I would like to see him. You Listen, you can dissect numerous moves that he's made. I feel like he's been better of late. Uh, partially is because Bryce Harper's just covering up for every flaw this stupid team has, but yeah, right. lately he's done a better job, but I would, I would have liked to see Alec Bohm last night in a big spot. I don't know about you. Oh, for sure. I mean, like you, like you said, he's crushing it in AAA. They need some kind of spark, some jump in that main mm-hmm. roster. And this is the pennant race. This is do or die for the division. They're now three and a half back behind these Atlanta Braves. Yeah. Four lost four in the loss column. And the magic number is five. I'm sorry, the magic number is three. Five games remaining for the Phillies, six possibly remaining for Atlanta, at least five. They have yep. a makeup game that might not need to be played. They have a game tonight and then tomorrow, and then they go to Miami. And Ugh. we've already, if you've listened to this us this far, we've already established how we feel about Miami versus Phillies. They yep. always kill us. So basically, it, it, it's not hyperbolic to say that the Phillies just need to win every single one of the five remaining games. And they, and even then they're still not guaranteed to make it. Atlanta has the two remaining against them, which obviously if they win that magic number stays where it is Phillies, if they take care of business in Miami, they need the Braves to get swept by the Mets. And I don't think at that point, the Colorado game would matter, but the Braves do have one makeup with Colorado that they may or may not need to play. It will be added to the end of the schedule if necessary. However, if they don't need to play it, they're not going to waste their time. So it's not a, it's not hyperbole to say the Phillies, every single game from here on out is a must win. At, at the very least, in the final six games, 
they were able to kind of configure the rotation in such a way that Zach Wheeler would be starting game 162. So if that game matters, they have Wheeler ready to go that game. Dope. Um, so tonight is, um, well, if depending on when this launch or when this uh, episode is released, it'll either be tonight or last night. Aaron Nola, whether it's 2019 Nola, 2021 Nola, facing Max Freed, I very much would like to see Alec Bohm in the lineup tonight in place of either Galvis or whomever. Um, McCutcheon hits lefties well. Matt Vierling better play tonight. Uh, put all your righties in there that have good splits against lefties and just this is a must-win game, man. Oh, oh, wait. Let me see. I'm looking at something right now. What's today? 28th, right? 29th. Apparently yesterday, Phillies recall Alec Ballman. Yeah, they called him back up yesterday. Uh, Presumably to have him ready in a pinch hit appearance because the Braves have so many lefties in the the bullpen. Plus, tonight they play Max Fried, who's a lefty. Um, It's probably easier to fly him out yesterday versus flying him out today and ask him to play tonight, so... They recalled him, and I believe they recalled a. They called somebody else up. I forget who it was. They released Matt Joyce. So I don't yeah, know. Joyce was DFA'd, and Ramon Rosso, I believe, was sent down to the minors. Yeah, he's. So. Bohm will be on the bench this week. I don't know if yeah. about today, but yeah, he's here for the rest of the the season. Yeah, it's two o'clock. So sometimes the the lineup will be released in the middle of the day. So there's a chance the lineup is released at some point. My guess is it'll be the same as it was yesterday. Maybe Bohm will play in place of Galvis. Uh, you know, the the usual suspects, Herrera, Segura, Harper, Real Muto. Uh, Miller might take a seat tonight, but who knows? Uh, McCutcheon, hopefully Bohm. Didi maybe takes a seat and they play Torres, but who knows? There's too many moving pieces, and Girardi just likes to rely on those veterans. I guess my question to you, I mean, I know the writing is kind of on the wall right now, but do you think the Phillies – at this point have a chance and do you think the Phillies at this point will get into the playoffs uh it sucks because they're this close and if anybody can do it the fightings can you know some shit can always go down the Mets as much as we trash them they can yeah. come up and surprise us and just sweep them the Braves <laughs> and we can probably go what steal a game in this series maybe two tonight and tomorrow we're gonna have to and you know and then the makeup game, if it need be, Rockies pull through. But to answer yeah. your question, I don't think they have a shot. I don't There's think so either. Things going on, injuries and players aren't really living up to it. I mean, Harper is doing the best he can, but it's a one man show at this point. Yeah, and he had an incredible at bat last night in the ninth inning against Will Smith. He got on, worked the uh, basically worked it full, and then walked. Ramuto punched one to right, I believe. That was the play that was made in right center by. Uh, I believe that was Heredia. And then I I don't know if they hit for Veerling hit for um Veerling hit for Miller, hit the ball to left field. That advanced Harper to third. Veerling moved up to second on the error. And then Didi got the run home and Galvis came up small. So I, I do like Galvis. I don't want to pile on him, but I just don't think that was the right spot to let him hit. I don't think Didi should have hit. Luckily, Didi came through, but uh, well, they also, in the midst of that, they walked McCutcheon after the Veerling uh, mishap in left field. Um, Eddie Rosario, who was picked up in the middle of the season from Cleveland, I think, made an error, which it was like, oh, my God, the baseball gods finally on the Philadelphia side. And then naturally, I mean, they put up a fight, which was, you know, more than you can say about the previous game against the Pirates and more than you can say about the previous eight innings. 
uh, felt like they got two guys on the first and then did nothing with that. And then the rest of the game just got mowed down by uh, Charlie Morton. So I, they, at least in the ninth, they did whatever they could, but that was too little too late, which was, which unfortunately feels like a microcosm of the entire season. They went on a nice run in August. They went on a nice run in September, up, down, up, down. It feels like that's just the story of this team. I mean, what a time. Remember we were talking about when they were fighting to come back up to beat the Mets. They beat the Mets, and the Mets went down on a spiral. Yep. Like, oh, this team's going great. And then Cubs, I believe, came to town, or I think the Dodgers, and then just kind of killed us from their moment on. Then we just Yeah, like, Dodgers struggling. took two of three. They, they at least beat up on the Cubs later on. but And, and unexcusable uh, losses to the Orioles and the Pirates. And the Diamondbacks. It, it, they got swept in Arizona about a month ago, and that was, that was honestly, it's going to come back to bite them. I know that it's unfair to say that, you know, a series in May or June, July is the reason that a team misses the playoffs. But, it you know, look back on some of these games. They have 30 blown saves. Uh, well, probably more than that. They lead the league in blown saves. Jesus and Christ. even with Ian Kennedy on the roster, they're still blowing saves. So, I mean, you reduce their blown saves by 20%. They're probably in first place right now. And I, I know it's... It's not fun looking back and playing Monday morning quarterback, but we were saying a lot of these things in the moment. Like, look, this is going to cost them down the line. This is going to cost them in a month. This is going to cost them. And look at that. A lot of this stuff winds up, you know, biting them in the butt. It just sucks, man. But, uh, I mean, well, all we can do is hope. I mean, whenever this airs, it might air tonight or, you know, Thursday. Yeah. Hopefully we're talking about a, uh, an Atlanta win. I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> See, that's where we are right now. Hopefully we're talking about a Phillies win. It's a Freudian and, slip right there. <laughs> yeah, right? Hopefully we're talking about a Phillies win and changing the tide. But then, yeah. even if they do win tonight and tomorrow, that trip to Miami, they might have already packed their sunscreen, yeah. their golf clubs, and they're like, you know what, let's just stay in Miami. We already, season's already a wash. Yeah, it's a shame. It sucks that it has to end like this. I think it's funny because we probably look back at this, like at the beginning of the season, we weren't doing the podcast yet, but I'm sure my friend and I jokingly looked at the schedule and said, oh yeah, there's no shot they're winning that Miami series at the end of the year. They're going to get their hearts broken again, which always is the case. Fuck. Well, while we're on the downward spiral, uh, <laughs> I suppose we talk about the Monday Night Massacre. Um, the Dallas Cowboys... Uh, what was it, 41 to 21, just destroyed the Eagles. Um, I, I understand that if you're looking at the stats, which some people may have done, the stats are a little misleading. I don't think the Eagles were in that game from the second it started. I thought it was. I thought that game was over when the coin toss occurred. Nah, I think they were in it at least the first half, let's just say. I mean, I mean score-wise, score, score they were in it, but they didn't stand a chance. The Cowboys just did whatever they wanted on offense, you know, Ezekiel Elliott getting right and Tony Pollard looking awesome. Eagles defense, which was supposed to be their strength at that front, they desperately missed Brandon Graham, and they they would have been they would have been better off playing without linebackers because the guys they had on the field did nothing. I mean, you've been calling it for like a couple of weeks now that you wouldn't be surprised to see Pollard get more carries since Zeke hasn't been doing too much, and you like yeah. Pollard, and here they both go off. Um, the yeah, they stats, both played well. Like you said, the stats aren't much, but Zeke, 17 carries, almost 100 yards, two touchdowns, and then Pollard, 11 carries for 60 yards. Granted, that's a total of, what, 28 carries right there between those two? Yeah, 28 carries, 25 yards. Carries, 26 more carries than Miles Sanders had the entire game. Corey Clement had uh, one more carry than Miles Sanders. Corey Clement had three carries for zero yards. 
at uh, Miles Sanders. So the Eagles called three combined uh, design running plays to running backs. Now some of the run plays, so Hertz led the team with nine carries, 35 yards. Um, oh Sanders, God. two carries for 27 yards. One of those was a 24-yarder. And then Gainwell had one carry for two yards. I'm sure some of those Hertz carries were, you know. Scrambling uh, for his life. Yeah, that too. But Zone reads it. There were design running plays. But mm-hmm. it, it, we got to. We've said it a million times. How many times does a coach say, we're going to establish the run, establish the run, and then just immediately get away from it? And Sirianni said in his press conference they were trying to keep up with Dallas's offense. Why not keep Dallas's offense off the field by killing some clock and running the ball? Use your strength. Your your best offensive player, aside from probably Goddard, was Sanders on on Monday, and they just they went away from him completely. At one point, he was averaging 14 yards with touch, and and they just didn't give him the ball. I mean, uh, he had two carries, and one was a 24 yarder. So, I mean, he could run it. You could have ran it, but yeah. I guess their they're thinking is running the clock on themselves, giving them less chance if they were already down in a hole. Sure, but you got to mix it up because now Dallas is playing one-dimensional football. Yeah. Press the, the quarterback and just cover because you're, you're not worried about no run except for Hurts. Yeah. I mentioned this to a couple of my friends, and I haven't said it to you, but I'm interested to see what your take on it is. Right. I think the dumbest thing in football – is when you just have not shown any willingness or ability to run the ball, but you're calling pass plays with a, a built-in play action. Like, <laughs> what is there's no there's no point in doing a play fake if there's no play to fake. Like, you're not drawing the linebackers in. You're not drawing any attention to the backfield when they know that you have four guys outside on a pattern and you haven't really run the ball at all the entire game. Yeah. The, the, the little the play actions are ridiculous. These RPOs are stupid. Hertz is making the wrong read. They had two ineligible receiver downfield penalties because Hurts on these RPOs. So the RPO, you you have to make a split second decision because your offensive line doesn't know if they're pass blocking or run blocking. Yeah. If they get more than a yard down the field, they're getting flagged for ineligible man downfield. Twice Hurts extended the play, which is fine, but not in that context. You, you don't you don't need him scrambling on an RPO. Just make a quick decision, hand it off, run it yourself, or throw it. And there were two that he he broke the pocket and threw the ball, and he has a lineman, you know, five yards downfield. So that's horrible awareness on his part. He played a brutal game, regardless of what his stats might say, but he was terrible on Monday. I mean, and give all credit to Dallas as well. That defense oh, yeah, yeah. handled their business. And I think it's also a combination of it's a young quarterback, first-time head coach, in hostile environment, all eyeballs are you, Monday Night Football, Dallas and Eagles. All that might have just been a little too much for this team because he yeah. looked like he was shook a little bit and lost confidence at times. He would step back and then do a quick read, and then he would just rush because either yeah. he would be pressured or he had to make something positive out of nothing. Yeah. I, I hate to tease a segment we're going to touch on later on, but um, I feel like it's a really good um, little direct, like a uh, – comparison to make here Mm -hmm. so Shaquille O'Neal when he was talking about redacted um talked about when he looked at his eyes in the playoffs he looked like he was scared to death yeah and I think you could do the exact same thing this past Monday it hurts not so much hurts just looked like he was overmatched yeah and overwhelmed Overwhelmed. yeah Sirianni on the sideline looked like he was terrified did you see all those times they panned to him and he's just walking up and down the sideline pacing with that stupid highlighter in his hat unfortunately I was at work so I didn't see it but he looked like he was gonna cry well, he bought that shirt thinking, like, Dallas beating. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, come on now. Cowboys trolled him, too, which is good. Don't don't buy – Sirianni's entire wardrobe looks like it was purchased on the Wildwood Boardwalk. 
Uh, <laughs> Cowboys are making fun of him for it. That's fine. Don't troll them going into the game if you're not going to get yeah. trolled after. So, Don't be like Dougie P, though, that one year. So we've got to beat Dallas out of that and then you know, goes back on his word when he pressed on him. Like, no. Yeah. This is an important game. Beat Dallas. Let's fuck him up. I forget what it was. They destroyed him on the radio yesterday for saying, like, um, the stats were misleading and the stats weren't didn't tell the story or the stats weren't true. Like, no, you ran the ball three times, dude. Yeah. Let's get away from that. Um, did you make uh, – so I guess we kind of touched on the play calling. Um, do you think at any point – you know, we mentioned this in the first episode, and I, I, I kind of mentioned it in passing, and I, I honestly don't think it's something that happens too frequently in the NFL, especially when you have a, a really strong veteran presence on this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that this is a game that will make the players begin to start questioning the coach – yeah. You think so? Yeah. Because as important as this game is and the expectation that they have for themselves and also the city, the fans, mm-hmm. that we deserve it and whatnot, you can't come up on a showing on Monday Night Football. You're the only game in town. Extra day of preparation. And you come up fly like that and then run the ball three times and two of them to your feature back. That's it. Yeah. And your quarterback is the leading uh carrier because rpos but also scrambling for his life like yeah that's another thing hurts i I felt like so two of the knocks on him both in college and even early on in the pros have been and and monday if anything has been was a perfect example of this so all the people watching from that you know that were knocking him in college were probably high-fiving themselves you know he doesn't have a big arm he has does he have an nfl arm sure does he have a big arm no so he doesn't have a big arm which was evident on that underthrow in the first drive. I didn't like that play call taking a shot downfield on that play. Rager. I mean, if he, yeah, uh, it was either Rager or Smith. He missed him and it was intercepted around the Rager. goal line. Rager. Okay. Regular. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then another thing is, you know, Hurts, if his primary read is not open, he doesn't go through progressions nearly as efficiently as any other quarterback does. For all the knocks that we have on guys like, you know, uh, Daniel Jones or Jared Goff or, you know, these, these guys that we call, you know, quote unquote bad. I don't think there's anybody who's as bad at going through reads the way Hertz does. Um, week one, he looked super comfortable doing it. I wonder how much of that game was scripted and how many of those play calls were scripted versus this past week where it seems like they got away from what the script might have been. They're calling a lot of plays, and Hertz is looking at his primary read. Reed's not open. He starts running, and he's just going to take – he either gets sacked, throws a terrible throw, or runs out of bounds, gets a couple yards, whatever. But – there were a couple plays, including actually, you know what, you're right. It was regular that was coming down the sideline because Devontae Smith was wide open across the middle on that interception. Keep the momentum going. Just throw the ball seven yards, take what the defense is giving you, and you know, stay with that up tempo, no huddle. And then you're gonna, you know, you're gonna put the pedal down on them too. That he bailed him out on that first drive. They looked like they were oh cool, okay, cool. That you know, Dallas came out, they they punched you in the in the face. But okay, cool. We're advancing the ball about 30 yards to Goddard get a couple more on the next play and then boom, give it right back to him. If not for the, um, the sack fumble or whatever that was that Fletcher Cox scored, I think that game would have been a blowout from the jump. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, but, it w- but even after that, before we knew it, it was already 14, seven. Like, yeah, they got, yeah. That defense just couldn't. Stop. Yeah. Amari Cooper once again, did nothing, but they, they got everything they needed from their tight ends. Another Dak Prescott. Yeah. My goodness. Prescott showed everything that hurts is not. And that's toughness and, you know, ability to go through reads and take what the defense gives you. You think that comes with with more reps? 
because he's he's a young quarterback still, and yeah, and the defense has gotten tougher. Like you got went against Atlanta on the road, sure, but it's against Atlanta. Yeah, it's a bad team. And then you go against San Fran at home, and now you're on the road Monday night against Dallas, who's just firing on all cylinders. Yeah, the San Fran game, I think, is a little skewed because the defense kept them in it. If San Fran scores two more touchdowns, it looks like a blowout. We're killing the offense. So yeah, that third game, Dallas, you know, for all their flaws, they still have a decent defense. Michael Parsons looks like an animal on the edge. Dan Quinn is back to being in, in like his comfort zone, which is calling defense, not being the head coach of a team. Yeah. And, you know, Boy Trayvon leagues. Diggs. Yeah, Trayvon Diggs, who, you know, started his NFL career a little slow until Carson Wentz threw him two ducks last year in that Sunday night <laughs> game. And then all of a sudden, Diggs has been very good since. You know, he looked really good. He was just overpowering um, Smith, which, you know, he did have a little bit of the upper hand there because he had seen him a bunch in college. The two of them played for Alabama. And we spoke about with Rich a few weeks ago. You know, iron sharpens iron. You, you know, the best competition those Bama guys see is one another in practice. So Trayvon Diggs, who I'm sure lined up against Smith a bunch in college, knows that Smith is a tiny guy. You can be physical against him and you can jump routes. So Diggs tendencies. took advantage of that. Yeah. I think sometimes quarterbacks either have it or they don't. And I don't know if Hertz has, so he has the athleticism to make up for some of his deficiencies, but when you need him to throw the ball down the field, can he do that? And to this point, we have not seen that from him. And he makes at least this season. Sorry. Yeah. No, and he makes these sometimes he's under duress and he'll just said, fuck it. Someone's down there. And I don't like that. I mean, that one yeah. throw to Quez Watkins in double coverage, awesome catch by Quez Watkins, but that was mainly Watkins making that catch. Yeah. My biggest takeaway offensively was Watkins and Goddard both looked awesome. Um, so this isn't on our rundown, but I figure I'll ask you now because I'll get a more genuine response. What needs to happen before or maybe it's happening already i was listening to sports radio yesterday and it wasn't really happening but how much further is this going to have to spiral before we start hearing you know hey let's see what gardner Minshew has honestly i thought Minshew was going to come in the game i from what the score i've seen at work i'm like all right this game's a blowout out of hand might as well just throw in Minshew just to get him out of there get uh hurts out of there but uh um let me see I think I look at they, the schedule. So they have the Chiefs this week, which we're going to get to in a moment. Then they have my Panthers next week. Yeah, then they have Panthers. the, then they have Tampa coming to town on a Thursday, and then they go to Vegas, and then they have the Broncos. So, uh, so you could be looking at like what a one and seven start. Not good for my picks too, by the way. Uh, um, I would say. So I'll read it off to you. I might have gotten that slightly wrong. Oh uh, no! So the Denver is is. Uh, waiting, but so they got Kansas City at Carolina, home against Tampa at Vegas, then they play at Detroit, Chargers, Denver. So they have a pretty tough schedule. And then New Orleans doesn't get any easier until the end of November when they when they have the Giants, the Jets, the bye week, and then Washington Giants, Washington Dallas. So it really there's no break on this schedule unless you consider the Lions a break. But the way they're playing right now, that's not going to be a break for a bad team like the Eagles. Home against the Bucks, I would think. I think because so. the bye week is that late in the season. If it was earlier in the season, then I would be like, all right, let's see. It. We, we'll uh, reevaluate, see if Minshew can get the playbook and, you know, go from there. But yeah, if he stinks it up and it's pretty piss poor at home, the fans alone will let him hear it. And Sirianni, yeah. hopefully he makes the right decision, not get influenced by fans. Or if Jeffrey Laurie and Howie come down, like, hey, uh, you can't. You can't put in Minshew. 
keeping her something she like that yeah I, this is a, a a show me season so i think they give him as yeah. much rope as it takes for him to kind of tangle himself in it but it's who a, knows it's a young team young receivers yeah. like give him some chance so they have a very desperate chiefs team coming to town they've lost two straight uh, they almost lost three this chiefs team is a couple of calls away from being you know oh and three they almost blew it against cleveland they lost it at, at the end you know huge balls on uh, harbaugh and lamar and then this past week, more balls. L.A. goes into Kansas City and beats them. No surprise. Chiefs are one and two. Andy Reid hospitalized. He has been released, I believe. Yeah. But good the spirits. Chiefs are coming to town and desperate for a win. I think I would lay as many as 50 points in this game, and I think the Chiefs would cover <laughs> it. So I, I'm not going to give too much of a breakdown yet because I'm terrified. But uh, what do you? What is your main – I mean, are you scared too? Or are we going to go like sit underneath like a uh, – sit in a closet somewhere and hide going into this game? <laughs> well, first things first, uh, we're thankful that uh, Big Red is home in great spirits and in prep to come back to Philly because that was pretty scary that he got hospitalized and taken to the ambulance yeah. from the stadium. That was pretty alarming. But apparently it was like dehydration or something like that. But uh, Which confuses me because they have massive Gatorade coolers on the sideline at all times. But maybe he's diabetic or something. He can't have that sugar. I guess. But water. I, mean, I would hope they're giving these players Gatorade Zero, not loading them up with 5,000 milligrams of sodium and sugar every time they're drinking that crap. Or Powerade. Never know. Yeah. Sponsorships and whatnot. Just drink water. Um, but uh, to answer your question, I would safely pick the, the Chiefs. I mean, we'll cover this more in depth on Friday's episode yeah. where we do the picks, and we'll see the line and all that. But... We talked about this in the beginning of the season when we're going through our picks. These Eagles, in his, historically, lose games that they shouldn't lose and win games that they shouldn't win. This could be one of those games, how the Chiefs have been playing lately and how bad they were Monday, the Eagles. Yeah. But uh, I wouldn't put like 50. But uh, yeah. I'd probably it say feels, maybe seven and a half. Yeah. feels like a recipe for disaster, but it also feels like one of those reverse ones where it's like, Team spiraling out of control versus team that desperately needs a win. Maybe the you know whoever is better coached and better, uh, you know, has the veteran leadership and everything will will figure it out. Uh, do you want to talk about Regalor? Do you want to skip him? Uh, week one, I mentioned that he, I'll he skip had no, Regalor. <laughs> no tweets about haters. Week one, but apparently somebody DM'd him the other day and he got all pissy. So fuck that guy. He's too soft to be in Philly. Um, should have drafted Justin Jefferson. All right. <laughs> um, how did we do this past weekend with our picks and props? I actually don't know how I did in college football. I think I, I whiffed pretty heavily. I whiffed uh, pretty heavily. But we do have our NFL picks here. Joel, uh, my partner here, was 14-2, and two, a whopping 14-2. and two. That's the best output so far this year for either of us. Let's go. 14-2 and two on the week. He only one he got wrong was the Giants and Seattle. Um, and which, then I, which we did say when we went through the picks last week, that that was the game that yep. was going to decide it. Yeah, that Seattle game was a tough one. Um, uh, I went what thirteen and three, so I was a little. I wasn't as good, but close to it. I I missed on Kansas City. Joel picked the Chargers. Herbert, baby. I, yeah, I also had the Giants, and then I had Pittsburgh, where Joel had Cincy. I had Minnesota, which was the big difference. That game was in the four o'clock window, so that was the uh, the one that kind of determined the week for us. And then between our our trust the parlay, uh, Joel minus seven and a half Carolina. That was your lock. The Chargers were your dog, and the um, the Cardinals were your your lay seven and a half. You ate all three of those. 
I missed on Pittsburgh minus three, but my lock was, or I'm sorry, my lay of the points was Dallas minus three and a half, and they covered that times six. And yeah, then the right. Rams were my dog. We actually both picked the Rams. So technically you get some credit for that too. <laughs> um, on the season. So for picks, yeah, uh, you are 34 for 48. That's a 70.8% uh, percentage. I'm 35 for 48. So I'm only up by one 72.9% on trust the parlay. Uh, don't remember folks uh, week one, Joel did not have any, but he was, he's four for six so far, 67%. I'm seven for nine, 70, uh, just under 78%. Overall, between trust the parlay and uh, picking winners, Joel's 38 for 54. That's a 70% um, rate. And then I'm 42 for 57 at 73. So we're both doing pretty well so far. Let's go. Which is, I'm surprised. I thought I'd be closer to like 52% total. Um, but that makes me feel pretty good that uh, the people listening have been listening to two guys that are just total bozo telling them stupid things. And like I said earlier, if you follow us on Instagram at PA underscore turnpot, you have seen over the weekend my winnings up. And we'll post that, you know, our tickets from time to time, trust the podcast, hashtag. And, uh, you know, we're out here. We're trying to make some money, trying to help you get some money as well. But uh, don't uh, put your house on it. Yeah. And uh, come, come at us like, hey, why didn't uh, why did I have to take Pittsburgh minus three? What happened there? <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Shit happens. <laughs> yeah. But uh, don't put the house on it. But, you know, put five bucks here, ten bucks here, if you can. Help so we're three weeks into the NFL season. Um, did you rank your top five teams to this point in the season? Yeah, I did. Okay. So I, I did too. Um, did you put any honorable mentions there? I did a top I ten and then, and then remembered that it was only top five. I did a actually, top ten I, as well. <laughs> I have 11, actually. So I have 11. Um, do you want to start or do you want me to start? Are we doing a top ten? Uh, you might as well. I have 11 here. so. All right, so we'll go from 10 to 1? Sure. All right. 10, 10, 9, 9? Or... Yeah, I have a two-way tie for 10. All right. Uh, 10, I have the 49ers. For 10, I have uh, the Chargers and the Chiefs kind of tied there because it's tough to pick between the two. Gotcha. Uh, number 9 are your Carolina Panthers. 9 for me is going to be the Baltimore Ravens. Awkward. They're not even on my list. Damn. I don't have the Niners, so it's fine. Number eight, the Chiefs. Uh, Eight for me is the Panthers. Number seven, the Chargers. Cardinals here. Number six, Dallas. Oh, I forgot about them. I have the Browns. Okay. I don't even have them on there. (laughs) Um, And then we're in in the top five now. This is where we would have been at. The top five. Yeah. This is where we should have been. We breezed right through that. We could breeze right through this as well. The Arizona Cardinals. Okay. I have Las Vegas as my fifth best team in the NFL. That is my number four, the Raiders. Okay. I have the Packers at four. The Bills at three. I have the Bucks. Bucks at two. And I have I think the Bills. Number one. Yeah. Number, number one, one, I got the uh, the Jaguars. I, I'm sorry. I meant the uh, – <laughs> I was looking at Tankathon. I'm sorry. Oh, Tankathon. Uh, no, yeah. No. Uh, so we both have the Rams, I'm safe to assume. Right? I have Texans at my Tankathon. Okay. There you go. Uh, the Rams are my number. Luckily, one the well. Eagles are the Eagles are in the top three, three uh, top ten, three times on Tagathon. So <laughs> let's knock on wood and hope they finish there. I do have the Rams as well. That that was a statement win this past week. I mean, we called it both in our you, picks and you were dangerously close to to calling that dead on. By a point, you had right? them, yeah. You were off by uh, three points. You had them. One of your bold predictions was Rams defeat Buccaneers 37-24, and they won, I believe, thirty four twenty four. Amen. 
which while we're at it, um, let's talk about our, our bold predictions. So you had, uh, I believe CD lamb and uh, Zeke Elliott kind of get back on track. I believe so. On the, um, for the Eagles prediction. So one of mine is basically void because I said, Jacob Eason would throw for more yards than Carson had in any game this year. Eason did not start. Um, I, I said Dak Prescott would throw for twice as many yards as Jalen Hurts. He did not. He threw for twice as many touchdowns, though. But and then, but this one can't <laughs> see it. I'm going to dab on camera. Um, <laughs> this one I'm thrilled about because it felt good. This is one of the ones where it kind of just felt good leaving the bat, a bat flip, watch the ball leave the yard. <laughs> I predicted last week, and this watch is not get, to pat uh, myself on the back. You probably get tagged for it the next time at bat, though. So watch out with that bat flip. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I'm going to eat a fastball. So I predicted that the Yankees going into their weekend series against the Red Sox would score more runs in those three games than the Jets would score points on Sunday. The Yankees scored more runs in each of those games than the Jets did on Sunday because the Jets many... scored zero. Oh, okay, zero. A goose egg. Yankees had eight on Friday. They had five on Saturday, and I forget how many they had Sunday because I already locked up that. Uh, I already clinched my prediction. I believe they had six on Sunday, though. That was the Sunday night game where I think Stanton hit a bomb in the late in that. Yeah, they had six. So they had, uh, what did they have, 19 runs all series? The Jets just needed three touchdowns. They couldn't score a point against Denver. Denver has given up 26 points all season, by the way. Uh, that is a note that I'm going to make here. So the Broncos narrowly missed my top 10 and a half list despite being 3 0. But the problem is, 11. yeah, the problem with them is they've played the Jets, the Jags, and the Giants, who were combined 0 and 9. That's literally so, the the note I have is yeah. eleven. But who did they play? They look good. I'll give them that. But they have played three bad teams. I forget who they play this week, but they have at least a couple more tests on the schedule as they start to face their own division. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited to see them start to play some good competition. They have the Ravens this week, and the Broncos are currently favored by a point. So Ooh. that's going to be interesting. And then. Uh, in fairness, I did say the Panthers would be good, but they've also beaten three kind of crappy teams too. So they have Dallas this week. That'll be a, a good test for them too. So we have a nice barometer game for both of those two teams this week, which we will get to on Friday, by the way. For sure. But before we get to Friday, there is Thursday Night Football, Rob. The exciting matchup between the 0-3 Jacksonville Jaguars heading into the jungle against Joe Burrow. And the Cincinnati Bengals. The two and one Cincinnati Bengals. Big win one. last week. A uh, couple wins now for the, the Bengals. They beat Minnesota week one. They lost week two. To the Bears. Uh, they lost to the, the Bears, and then they beat Pittsburgh. Uh, the Jags have lost to Houston, Denver, and Arizona. So one team that's bad, one team we don't know if they're good, and one team we can tell they're good. So the Jags have had a kind of rough go at it so far. Um, I am showing my support with my Trevor Lawrence Jaguars jersey on camera, which we always tease releasing video, but we've yet to do. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> so currently it is Bengals minus seven and a half. The over-under is 46. Um, this is according to FanDuel as of about two o'clock on Wednesday. So my numbers here are not too off from what you have on the spread on the uh, the Google Doc. Okay. Um, Jags are plus 290. Bengals are minus 360. So yet another game where it feels like there's been a bunch of them this year where you're not really, you know, doing anything earth shattering by picking the favorite. <laughs> um, I'm curious to see what the line was between uh, Dallas versus Buccaneers in the beginning of the season. Cause that was, was close. It? That was a good game. Great game. That was, I think it was eight and a half. It was, yeah. I think that it was plus three thirty and minus four twenty. We talked about that with um, to when we had him on. 
that was pathetic. And and you ripped them for it too. So this is an NFL team we're talking about. We're not talking about the Texans or a college team coming into Tampa. So, so yeah. we were kind of on the same page leading into that. I made some money on that game. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I did too. I mean, so I, I don't really have a read on this game aside from the fact that I think the Jags are going to be playing a little bit more desperate football. Um, Urban Meyer is not used to losing. I don't know if he's ever lost three games in a season, at Probably. least when he was at his, at his peak at Ohio state. Um, Trevor Lawrence had never lost a regular season football game dating back to high school. So he lost none, obviously, as a pro because this is his first pro season. Never lost a regular season game with Clemson. As you remember, last year he was out with COVID. And that's when uh, DJ Uyagalale lost at uh, Notre Dame. And the previous couple of years, he only, he, if he lost, it was in the playoff. And then in high school, he didn't even lose a game in, in regular season. So he's not used to losing either. Um, we'll see if he you know, does what Ben Simmons did and just quits on his team. And then uh, calls it a day. But I, I think this is probably a game that the Jags will show us some fight, but I think the Bengals will still win. I don't know about you. Is there anything you like in this game? It's another nothing game. Like, I don't really know. The, the, I mean, a couple props I like, but I mean, I'm not really invested in this game at all. I'm only invested because I'm put some money down on it. Same. But uh, yeah, I'm not really invested. I'm curious to see how this Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase connection, because it is flourishing before our eyes it's basically it's fun to watch. LSU. and he got two touchdowns last week thank you jamar chase so yeah they're they're finding a groove in for sure um and i think the, the franchise is finally turning around from the days under the the thumb of marvin jones i believe that was his name or who's the head coach uh marvin something marvin lewis marvin lewis yeah finally. mr nine and seven yeah finally under that grip like yeah, the, the, the organization is turning around. Bengals fans definitely have something to be excited about. A couple of years ago, it looked very bleak. Um, and even last year, once um, once Burrow went down with the injury, they still have some good players on that team. I mean, Joe Mixon is fun. Tyler Boyd is a nice player. T. Higgins is also fun. Um, speaking of uh, of Clemson, you know, T. Higgins played with Lawrence and uh, Travis Etienne, who's not healthy, but uh, Travis Etienne, the idea was to pair him with Lawrence too. So aside from the three quarterbacks that went, uh, or sorry, uh, aside from the three receivers that went in the first round this year, there was a running back that went in the second round. Etienne was sent to Jacksonville to play with his buddy Lawrence from college. So a lot of college connections uh, in the NFL among young players. I wonder if that's going to be a trend that we see going forward or if it's kind of just a coincidence. But I'm with you. I mean, I don't really know. The Bengals fans have something to look forward to. Jags at least have some players there. Um, what are some props that you like in this game? I have a couple written down. I don't have a whole lot. Yeah, I threw a bunch on the docket here, but uh, ones that I like, let me see. I got to refer to my notes. Um, I like the Bengals minus seven and a half and the money line. Okay. I mean, I mean the money line is minus 360, so take that for what it is. Yeah, you got to put a lot down for that. You can do a single game parlay. You can do minus seven and a half plus money line and a Jamar Chase touchdown. You might get something out of that. Um, but I'm going to go with Jamar Chase, two touchdowns. That's a plus 550. That happened to me last week, and did it ever soar me to the moon, all right? Uh, another one is... There's Benny. He doesn't like that. He doesn't like that? I, was, I didn't even say it yet. We're talking about like Jaguars and Bengals, two different types of cats, so that's probably <laughs> why he's upset. Um, I have James Robinson over 22 and a half yards. I think receiving that is. Yep. So I have that as minus 114. And then Chase over 66 and a half 
receiving at minus 114. So okay. something small, but I can do some damage with that in single game parlay for sure. I threw a couple down here that I like, and then a couple that I would that I maybe like that I'm not sure of. Uh-huh. The um, so first touchdown is always fun. While it's a crapshoot and I hate it, I always wind up wasting money on it. <laughs> I, I worked out last weekend because I had Allen Robinson in the Bengals and Bears game, that won me some money. Um, I like T Higgins to do the honors this week plus six fifty. Ooh, that's good. I just think with all the attention that's going to be given to Tyler Boyd. Uh, Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase. I think T Higgins can slip in the back door. He also didn't play last week. So there's not a ton of film on him from last week. He's also only played what two games in the pros. Um, I like a Trevor Lawrence touchdown. That's plus three forty. I think it'll either be one of the scramble plays. He likes to make plays with his legs. So watch out for that. Could be a sneak, could be a read option. Uh, Tyler Boyd, obviously plus one ten. I like that. Uh, I have a, an alternate line, alternate total parlay here, which is nice that they let you do that. I did well with these in college the first few weeks. I'm going to go back to the well and try it in the NFL. I'm going to take, I'm going to buy uh, Jacksonville up to 14 and a half. Really? So I'm going to, I'm going to get them plus 14 and a half, and I'm going to bump the over up to 47 and a half. That comes out to plus, plus 207. That's not bad. And then, um, I kind of like the over for both quarterbacks. Burrow is 251.5. Lawrence is 247.5. I like Lawrence at the over. Burrow, it could go either way. They could be winning by enough points to where they're going to have to run the ball a bunch. But if you parlay those, it's plus 257. And then I have three uh, like tiny props that I might take, just small. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Robinson over 12.5 on his longest catch. Oh, uh, yeah. so, so, so that could be a screen pass that he takes 15 yards. Could be, you know, an actual pattern that he catches it for 12 and a half, whatever. Um, I like him over three and a half catches. I think Lawrence will be a little bit more cautious this week. Three and a half? Mm-hmm. Oh, smash that. I think he'll check it down a few times. And then I like Mixon over two and a half. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, so those are two. Uh, those yeah, gimmies. Robinson might stay at three and a half. They might bump Mixon up to three and a half, though, as, uh, as, the, like, as we get closer to game time. Because I think more people might take that. That's three dump offs. That's two dump offs and a screen. I mean, that's all you need for that to hit. And a check down too. And you're on the road, so exactly, you just yeah. Get the pressure off of uh, Lawrence. So I like that. I like that a lot. All right. Um, that's all I have. Unless you have anything else you want to talk about in this game, you have a Joe Burrow interception on the Google Doc here, plus one thirty four. Benny hates that, but uh, I don't. Oh, I threw it out there just to, you know see what's up. Um, I do like so pass completions. Burrow over twenty one and a half. Since at plus 102. I like that. But the last three games, he's been 20 for 27, 19 for 30, and then last week, 14 of 18. However, Jacksonville has allowed 21, 26, and 28 completions in the last three weeks. So that's a good call on your behalf. Yeah. And the but average not, pass attempts have been around 33, 34. Yeah. Which is usually like where they that, make though. them. Yeah. I don't like, don't that, like it though. Because Murray, the best quarterback out of those three, yeah. threw for no touchdowns. That's not good. <laughs> what is going on yeah. here? Yeah, my MVP prediction. Somehow. Tyrod Taylor threw two. Teddy Bridgewater threw two, but Kyler Murray couldn't throw two or one. But whatever. Yeah. Hey. But who knows? That's a it's a toss up. So. All right. Do you have a prediction for the final score? Of course, sir. Sir, but you're not gonna like the uh, total because it destroys your over. Ah. So I have twenty eight seventeen Bengals. 
I don't have it as a high scoring game really like that. So that's like what blowout. 40, 45, 45. Just I under think that's 46. Yeah. That's in the neighborhood that I like. I'm going to go 31, 21 Bengals. 30. No, I'll go 31, 17. 31, 17. All right. 31, 17. That's three touchdowns and a Make field sure goal for one team. Over. And then two touchdowns and a field goal for the other. Yeah. Um, I think Jags will probably struggle to move the ball, but I think they'll hit a couple long ones. They have enough weapons there for Lawrence to take advantage of, but I don't really know. Awesome. And again, uh, Friday we'll do the weekly prediction for week four of the NFL. Yep. And then the previous, I mean, then the episode after we'll go and revisit our four overs or four unders as a quarterly summary of how we're doing so far in the season. All right, we're going to switch gears now. Um, so if you don't want to get mad people, you can tune off right now or fast yeah. forward later into our WFT names and our wins and losses yeah. because, Rob, we're going to touch on what? So we're going to do a little bit of basketball here. Um, so we're, we're ESPN comes out with the top 100 list every year of their NBA players. Obviously, when you're ranking 100 players, nobody on the planet will agree with every ranking. There are only three and a half Sixers on the top 100 currently. Um, Seth Curry... Tobias Harris redacted and Joel Embiid. Um, so what I thought would, I thought it'd be a nice little, yeah. So three and a half. Um, I figured it'd be a nice little exercise and then we'll talk a little bit on the top five, but we're going to really dig into that next week. because so I think next week it'll be healthy for us to have a nice little basketball pod basically. Yeah. Um, so we're just going to touch on the, the, each of the three and a half sixers that are on the list and the th- couple guys ahead of them and a couple guys behind them. So uh, the, the lowest on the list is going to be Seth Curry. He's at 88, um, so he made the list just barely. So be it, right directly in front of him, 87 is Miles Bridges, 86 mm-hmm. is Devontae Graham, and 85 is John Wall. Um, but he, however, is right behind, right in front of uh, 89, Robert Covington, friend of the show, 90, Jordan Clarkson, and 91, Derek Rose. Um, do you agree, disagree with any of that? I do like in that he is kind Clarkson? of. Yeah. I was going to make that point too. I, I think it's interesting he's with Clarkson there. Clarkson serves a similar purpose to Curry, but comes off the bench versus Curry, who starts. I mean, on a better team, maybe Curry wouldn't start, but I don't have any issues with this. I think I might put him ahead of John Wall because Wall's kind of fallen off, but I don't hate the ranking there. Yeah, I'm not mad at it either. The Jordan Clarkson one sticks out pretty a lot. Yeah, I, I think it says a lot too with. Um, so. Listen, somebody out there is going to get mad at this. Derrick Rose, I understand he was great at a certain time. Can we stop pretending he's still elite? Derrick Rose has been a good player for a long time. It's very, very, very fun that he's back to kind of playing at a high level. But I think it's also, it says a lot that ESPN didn't put him in like the 40s, which is where I'm sure some of the fans that look at this list would want him to be. Um, It's interesting that he's ranked. I think Rose should be a little higher, but I don't think he's better than Curry right now. Yeah. I agree. Especially coming off last season. All right. Um, so then we have a long jump to number 46, Tobias Harris. The top 50? Yeah. So he is ranked directly behind uh, DeMar DeRozan, Miles Turner, and Kyle Lowry. And he's directly in front of LaMelo Ball, Mike Conley, and Marcus Smart. And again, I don't disagree with any of that. Maybe Miles Turner, but that's about it. I Well, again, <laughs> when we look at the full list, for sure, we're going to find flaws, but I think Lowry? that's pretty good. Lowry, probably. I think he's better than Kyle Lowry. Uh, nah, nah. 
Lowry. I think Tobias, when Tobias plays for Doc, it seems like he's been a lot better of a player. He's like where, the anti-Paul George. Where was he in the playoffs? Yeah, well, we was half the team in the playoffs. All right, we're going to 28 is redacted. He's right behind Jalen Brown, Brandon Ingram, and Rudy Gobert, which is funny because Brandon Ingram and Jalen Brown were drafted right after redacted was, <laughs> which is pretty funny. So, And if he's you're ahead. following and you don't know who redacted is, it's, just Google number 25 Sixers. And that's all you need. Yeah, he he's um he kind of reminds you of like Dante Exum. Uh he's like a worse Sean Livingston. Um <laughs> so he is right ahead of Russell Westbrook, CJ McCollum, and John Morant, which I disagree with all three of those. So 100%. I um I agree that he's worse. I think Jalen Brown's a really good player. Brandon Ingram, I still think redacted's better than Ingram, but go bear defensive wise, he's better. Fine, yeah. But he could shoot. I, I wonder if Ingram is good stats, bad team guy, because I don't really see how he fits on If you were to tell me Brandon Ingram was in the NBA Finals, I don't know what role he would be playing on a team that's that good. I, I still think Ingram is such a confusing player to me. He's good, but he's like, I don't he's know. Like two and three on the Pelicans right now, right? It's scoring yeah, one. And the Pels are shit, so like, I'm not sure what that really means for him. If you put him on like the Clippers, like he would, I don't even know what purpose he would serve. Shooter. And then uh, I think Westbrook, for how much crap I talk on him, I think he's a much better regular season player than than Redacted, and he's obviously a better playoff player because he actually does something in the playoffs. C.J. McCollum is better, and John Morant's better. I mean, this um, entire 100 list, 99 of them are better shooters than, than Redacted. So Yeah, we're going to get away from the weasel and go ahead to our king. Um, number seven is none other than my king, probably yours as well, Joel Embiid. My favorite player, like ever. I think at this point he has jumped Iverson in my my love for an NBA player. Um, he he is one and two for me. He's perfect. I don't know. So he's behind uh, Nikola Jokic, Steph Curry, and Luka Doncic. So he's seven. Uh, Jokic is six. Steph five. Luka four. He's directly ahead of his future teammate Damian Lillard, um, the guy that he owns <laughs> in the regular season, Anthony Davis and uh, James Harden. I'm actually a little surprised <laughs> that Harden is that low. I'm very uh, that that was my only takeaway, but I like that they finally admit the fact that Embiid is better than um, Anthony Davis. I know, right? I think they're gonna keep that as the chip on their shoulder. Yeah, eighty in them, but uh, yeah, I'm not mad at this list at all. No, I, I've actually I don't really take a whole lot of onus with anything on this list so far, except for Redacted's ranking, um, and that's not just be, recency bias. Yeah, right. I think if Joel Embiid was eight or nine, I'd probably have a problem with it. I think seven is a perfect. Yeah. Spot. I think had he not gotten hurt, you might see him in the top five because he probably would have won MVP, and it's hard to put your MVP seven, but they have their MVP sixth. I mean, Jokic is sixth. Um, at the time that I put this on the Google Doc, they had not released five through one, but they actually have at this point. Steph is five, Luka four, LeBron three, Giannis two, KD one. Um, I only have one thing I would change on that list. I don't know about you. I, I think so. I think I think we're on the same page. Well, I have another one. You actually that, have two, yeah. I, and that is... As great as LeBron is, I understand. Just like you had that Derrick Rose moment. The king is the king. He's the best all-around player. If it would be, he would win MVP every year. Yeah. No doubt. Where are the Cavs at? Irrelevant right now. <laughs> so, with that being said, I would have LeBron just at four. Move Luka right up in the top three. That's just yeah. me. Unpopular decision. I know we might get a lot of mess for it, but that's where I would have it right now. And you know he's listening. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. My only change is I would probably flip-flop one and two. Now, I understand Same. that's a little bit of recency bias, 
But I think Giannis showed in the playoffs he is the most important player in the NBA to his own team. Yep. Uh, granted, Durant did amazing things in that playoff series against the Bucks, including the two shots that or the shot that he hit to go into overtime against the Bucks, and then of course how he kind of just like had to carry that team. Harden was on one leg. I don't think Kyrie was playing, right? No, I think it was the other way around. Was it? Kyrie it was, Ky- was uh, one one leg, and then Harden was out early. I know. I know one of them got hurt, and the other one wasn't there. Um, but KD, amazing to see him back. Uh, just another proof that he is not human because he's a freak of nature. Uh, there's not many guys that come back from that Achilles injury and and play at a high level. Look how Kobe looked at the end of his career. Oops, I I knocked Kobe. Um, <laughs> look how Kobe looked at the end of his career. He did not look the same. And even in football, a lot of guys don't look the same after they tear their Achilles either. So Durant coming back and playing like he looked like Kevin Durant was pretty impressive. But Giannis just showed us something. He showed us something completely different from what we're used to seeing from him in the playoffs, um, yep. which is actually going to transition into our mystery segment here. But wait, uh, what does KD stand for? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was that David Letterman that said that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're going to jump into um, a segment that I told Joel I wasn't going to tell him about. Uh, we're going to oh, talk about um, we're going to talk about Redacted real quick. Um, reports this week that uh, a couple of his teammates, namely Matisse Thibel. Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, like the three most important players in the team. We're going to fly out to Los Angeles to meet with Redacted, but he was, uh, I don't know, he was too busy crying into a Kardashian's chest, I guess. And he said, nah, I'm good. So nah, I'm good. I, I'm out of excuses. So I came up with some more excuses for him. Um, you know? So the five reasons that uh, Ben or Redacted has <laughs> requested his trade, uh, it, it originated with uh, the Doc Rivers comments about him not being a championship point guard. Whoops, he's not. Then it turned into, oh, the Harden rumor, wah. I don't want to get traded for a top nine player in the NBA, wah. The third one was the Joel Embiid comments, uh, which, I mean, Embiid was just answering a question, wah. Uh, Then, of course, he comes out with the fit with Embiid. Did you see this nonsense? No. uh, So, obviously, none of this has been directly quoted to him. It's his camp, quote-unquote, so his people. Um, Ben doesn't believe that the fit with Joel Embiid is ideal for his, you know, strengths or whatever. Um, so if you can't play with a generational center, that's on you, buddy. I don't know what you feel about that. I mean, I can see it because that's his game. He doesn't shoot. He likes to be in the paint, but Joel Embiid is in the paint. So I understand that part of it for sure. But you got to make got to make do because Joel Embiid will go out to the three-point. Yeah. You know, he'll adjust. Yeah. That's the ben knock on Embiid. Adjust. The knock on Embiid is that he he doesn't play in the post enough. He he was forced basically to play on the perimeter more because the the primary ball handler on the team could not create on his own and he needed space in the paint. So whatever. And then the fifth one, I didn't really uh, elaborate on this on the Google Doc, but report yesterday is that the 76ers were planning to use uh, ben, or redacted as a small ball five in the same way that Giannis kind of was in the playoffs. Mm. Um, in spite of the fact that they signed Andre Drummond and they had B-Ball Paul and obviously haven't beat, but they were going to experiment with a lineup where uh, Ben would be the five and it would surround him with four shooters. Wow, what a crazy idea. And he didn't like that. So uh, it is three o'clock on Wednesday, meaning that there have been 15 hours in the day, but he has not yet come out with another excuse. <laughs> so, Joel, this is my mystery segment. I come up with seven more in case... He needs any. So um, <laughs> by the time we do our next podcast, that isn't, you know, the TTP on Friday, seven days will have gone by. He has one for every day. Um, okay. 
uh, stop me at any point if you have one you want to also put in there because we can give him some more. Uh, right. We told you LeBron is listening, so Ridge Paul will get wind of some of this. Are we getting uh, my, paid for this? Uh, well, we'll see. We'll talk to my, our producers. They'll they'll handle yeah, that. Yeah, he's asleep downstairs. Um, <laughs> so the first one, this is the most obvious one. I'm surprised he didn't lead with this. Philadelphia is too far from Los Angeles. It's very obvious that he wants to be in L.A. That one doesn't really need any more elaboration. Maybe Number, it goes without saying, but it's so obvious that he didn't even yeah, put it. It's an implied one. Yeah. Number two, um, he's going to blame Matisse Thibel for missing one of those two free throws. Also, he's going to blame Thibel for missing that because Ben would have gotten an assist because he's a, a point guard. It was a, it was a great, assist. great pass. He passed out of a zero team, which is like the exact opposite of a double team. No one saw um, it coming, including Thibel. Exactly. And they fouled him and he missed a free throw and lost the game. So that's his fault. Um, number three, um, this is just speculation, but I believe that Joel Embiid prefers to keep the thermostat in the locker room between 65 and 70. That doesn't work for redacted because he's used to that LA weather. He wants it closer to 72, 75 range. So that's going to be another reason he wants out. <laughs> it's a little bit too cold in the locker room. So he, he's, you know, he's homesick. He misses LA. He wants it to feel like LA. Um, number four, I will agree with him though on this one. Um, he thinks that Nick Sirianni wearing the visor and then clipping the highlighter to it <laughs> looks like so stupid. He looks like a nerd. I'm going to cut him some slack because I agree with this one. Sirianni, you can't make me look like such an asshole that I ripped Matt Patricia earlier this season and then you want to clip a highlighter to your hat, you nerd. So, Ben, you get a pass for that one. That's fine. You you're, you can use that. Uh, number, which one am I on? Number five. Yeah. Every time I go to Lowe's or Home Depot and I pass the bricks, I call them, <laughs> I call them BSFTs for Ben Simmons free throws. Ben has gotten wind of this because LeBron and Rich Paul listened to the pod. So that's another reason he wants out. So I'm going to take the blame for that one if his trade value diminishes any further. Um, number six, um, that fan at game four, whatever it was, or game five that was trying to teach him how to shoot from the stands. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's not related to him and he's not in Ben's inner circle. So therefore he cannot be around him. So he's not allowed to be his coach. Okay. Damn. He's not allowed to take instruction from somebody that's not his brother-in-law. And then number seven, he wants to win, but he realizes winning a championship is not possible here. So he wants to win the award for being the biggest letdown in Philadelphia sports. Um, he only has three guys in competition with him. I think he's got fault beaten. Um, he's coming close to beating Wentz, and he's got a little bit ways to go to beat Nola, but I think he's got a shot to win that. But that's going to be the uh, the 12th reason that he cites. Do you as think, wanting out. So that's my list. Do you think the NOLA one will change by tonight? Wednesday night? I, I think it'll be tough. I, I don't I don't view him as much of a letdown. I think this season's a letdown, but uh, uh, I, I think he, he uh, Ben is only a competition with Fultz and Wentz, and I think he's past Fultz at this point. So, Ben, if you're listening, um, you're soft, but I gave you some more reasons to, uh, you know, to sit out, I guess. I think his team will uh, email us soon at paturnpod <laughs> gmail.com. Yeah, Rich Paul is going to sue us. <laughs> you can use his likeness. You can use his name. How yeah. dare you? So redacted. Uh, would you like to add any to that list? Do you want to give him any more fuel for the fire? Uh, nah. I mean, nah. I can't think of anything right now. I'm sure <laughs> in next week I'll have something. Yeah. Something with a, with a Kardashian or something. I think the fact that it's fall is also kind of pissing them off because they don't have fall in LA. <laughs> so there you go. There's number 13. <laughs> yeah, right.
All right. That was a good segment. I like it. Thank you. That was the mystery segment. Uh, Moving on. Uh, This is another mystery in some respect. Actually, can I quickly read off the uh, Tyrese Maxey quote? This will be reason 14 because Maxey's not uh, taking his ball and leaving the same way Ben is. I did see that. I was very happy. So if you remember a few episodes ago, I believe it was episode two. um, Oh, Rich. Oh, yeah, it was with Rich. The um, it was so it was episode three and a half. Um, when the report came out that Redacted wanted out, it was uh, Clutch and Rich Paul also wanted Tyrese Maxey out because they didn't want any of their guys in Philly. Tyrese Maxey, this is either I don't know if this is at Fan Fest, which is a uh, 97.5 thing, or if this was at uh, Media Day. Tyrese Maxey on the report, this is uh, according to Derek Bodner, who's a very reliable source. Tyrese Maxey on the report that his representation did not want him in Philly. Quote, I don't know where that came from. I love being here and I love the city. I can't wait to get started. So, end Beautiful. quote. So, our, our our little prince, he's like a mini Embiid. Love that man. Love and Tyrese Maxey. Gain some muscle. Yeah. He's, he's serious. And he can get his own shot from the point guard position. Is he the starting point guard? I think so. If, if Redacted's not here and they don't get a different point guard, it's him. Even if Redacted's still here, I think it still stands. I go under one game that he plays for the Sixers. Oh, yeah. I mean, Redacted being here doesn't mean he's necessarily going to play, but unless Redacted, you know, takes his tail from between his legs and starts playing, then... Can can you imagine him sitting on the bench dressed up in the suit like what AD did with his time in, with the Pelicans? Oh, I don't oh. think he'd show his face near the team. I think he would stay home. I think it, for the betterment of the team in, that st- in Wells Fargo, yeah, stay home. Somebody would smack him. He wouldn't. The moment he, he comes out of the locker baby. room, it's just it's a wrap. Yeah, and the the first time his team comes to play Philly, so the first time I don't know where. I, my guess at this point is Minnesota. My guess is when he goes to Minnesota, whenever they come to Philly, it will he will either have been traded after the game, the game that they come to Philly, so like a month after or whatever, or he just won't play due to personal reasons or something. Jesus Christ. Um. So this next mystery, um, the Washington football team. We've been teasing this for. God, no, few weeks now <laughs> they have actually this uh, it's been a while since they've done this but we haven't talked about it yet they have um, reduced their their list of potential names from however many it was down to eight and supposedly from the eight that they've given us three of them are like it, have made the final cut but we're unaware of the three that um, that have made the final cut to be the next washington football team name um i posed the question to joel about who what the name should be and it sounds like you put together a list of what you thought the name should be, and then I ranked the current <laughs> names that they gave us. So, so yeah, I did that, and I also ranked the the current names that they gave us. Okay. So I did two for one. <laughs> I'm more interested in hearing the names that you came up with. How many do you have? I have five and then two honorable mentions. Okay. So I uh, do you want to do those first? Yeah. Sure. All right. Uh, someone who someone who works with me here's a yeah sure they probably just cringed. It's an insider. It's a yes. I can't. I'm not even gonna say it again. But anyway, number five, I have the redacted skins. <laughs> <laughs> this one. The, wa- the Washington redacted skins. Yeah. So it's not Redskins, but it's the redacted skins. I actually to to piggyback off of that, I think they should still be the Redskins, mm-hmm. but they should change their logo to the potato. Jesus Christ. And then just if they want to put the feather or if that's racially charged, they don't have to. Yeah. But you can you can still do the, the you know what I'll touch on why I like anything with red as we get to that point. Okay. But um uh, you can go right ahead. Uh this one's a stretch, so bear with me. 
but it's the Washington Tina's Bad. That's an acronym. <laughs> the Washington that is not a state but a district. That's the full name. It's not a state. <laughs> it's a district. <laughs> so Tina's Bad. So whatever logo you want to throw out there, Tina, Faye, I don't know. Tina Turner. Tina, Tina Turner. Faye. Anybody who's named Tina that's from Washington, D.C. area. Tina boom. Fish. So it's Tina's Bad, T-I-N-A-S-B-A-D, the Washington Tina's Bad. That is the Washington <laughs> that is not a state but a district. <laughs> I think it's solid. <laughs> Rob is just broken down. <laughs> wow. That's a, I, that's a in a million years, I would not have expected that. So that's that's I was I thought it was gonna be like the Washington <laughs> pigs, and like the Washington footballs. Well, I mean, pigs is close. That's my number two. Pigs, nice. Uh, well, but it's not three? pigs. But it's not pigs. Uh, number three is the Washington House of Cards, based off the Netflix uh, sensation. I was gonna throw a Spacey joke in there, but I don't know if that would be a little too contra- controversial. Kevin Spacey, who played Frank Underwood. Ooh, Washington Space Heaters. There you go. Could be an portable space here. You got to plug them in for them to work, though. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Number two is the Washington corruption because it's Washington, (laughs) D.C. politicians. (laughs) I was going to do donkeys, but then someone said, Isn't that uh, Democrats? And I'm like, Oh, well, fuck. Yeah, you can't go there. Uh, Honorable mentions before I get to my number one. Corruption. uh, (laughs) What would the logo be? Corruption? Would it just be like a podium? No, it would be like a suit. uh, It would be a scale. Fat man, a lot of money, and then the poor, us, on the other side. Uh, okay. I don't know, something like that. Or I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure you could put that on a helmet. Yeah, right. Uh, the other one is Scandal. Same <laughs> TV show, but it's also Scandal. And then number seven, the Snyder Cut. The Washington Snyder Cut, because of Dan Snyder, I believe, is the owner. So, yeah. Uh, and my number one, uh, Rob, do you know what the district, not the state bird, but the district official bird for the Washington, D.C. is? I'm going to guess Canary. Wrong. It's called Damn. the Wood Thrush, which is a solid name, by the way. It's actually not a bad name. So, I wasn't joking, but number one is a legit one. The Washington so for that Wood one. Thrush. So now, for that but, one? No, but look at it. The Wood Thrush. Thrush, I mean. it's Thrush the process. Um, so what they could <laughs> do is, so I'm, when we do, I don't want to tease. You know, I'll wait until we do our list of the top eight because I want to touch on something that I actually think makes sense for them. Um, do you want to just go through eight through one? on the, uh, the, the team name. So Washington football team, the, there are eight names that they have released, uh, Armada brigade commanders, defenders, presidents, red hogs, red wolves, and Washington football team are the eight names that they have reduced their list down to, um, Joel and I have ranked them from eight to one. Um, what do you have as your eighth? My eighth presidents. Uh, I have Armada eighth. I don't want to name a team after a car. Why do you have presidents eighth? Why would I name it after a president? Once the four years. Well, is you're up, not. You're you're naming them after every president. But what's the logo? That's a good question. I, I my guess is a judge. Did you change it, it every four be, years? It would just be Washington's <laughs> head, like it is for the Washington flag. I guess. I guess. But that's a good point. I mean, it would just be the logo they have now. It would just be a red W. <laughs> true, true, true. All right. Uh, <coughs> number seven. Number seven, I have commanders. I have Brigade. Um, the reason I have Armada and Brigade as eight and seven 
is I'm not big on team names and sports that don't end with an S. So like <laughs> Utah Jazz, um, the Orlando Magic, the Thunder. What do you call a single player on the Thunder? Thundee. You don't say I'm a Thunder, which is what Paul George said a few years ago. <laughs> I, I'm a brigadesman. I'm a Nissan Armada. Like He's a rumble, not a Thunder. Yeah. So I'm not big on those two. Yeah. Uh, you don't like Commanders? I feel like it's, I don't know, politically charged. I don't know. It's, well, it's I do Washington, like, D.C. Commanding. That's fair. Yeah. Commanding, it, you have no way to get away from it, though. It's either a bird or it's some, I don't a know, plane. something. Some plane or a thing or animal. I don't know. All right. What are we on? Six? Six. Uh, it would be Defenders. Ooh. I have Presidents as my sixth best. Yeah, I do like Chase Young, but you would have to defend, right? In the NFC East? Yeah. It's the least? I don't know. Uh, number five. Oh, what's your number six? Uh, presidents. Presidents. Uh, number five, Armada. I have Red Hogs for five. Why do you, uh, do you like Armada at all? I thought it was different, but yeah, I mentioned off air, like it reminds me of a car. So I'm like, stupid. Eh. So for Red Hogs, I think it's stupid because of that saying, uh, pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. I don't want to name my team after something that's got a potential to get slaughtered every Sunday. So, Although is, I will, so for Red Hogs, and then uh-huh. for another one on the list, they had that Hail to the Red thing, the HTTR. I think if you keep red in the name, it works. Um, and, and even to your point where you had, what was it, um, the Wood Thrush or whatever? Wood Thrush. If they do HTTW, it'd be Hail to the Wood. So I think they could still work that into their sayings and their logos and stuff. So I think Red Hogs has a little bit of legs to it, but I think it's stupid. I have that as my uh, number four, Red Hogs. Okay. I have, com- I have Commanders four. Um, but just like for my number three, I think it'd be better if they had DC as their as their prefix versus uh, Washington. So DC Commanders sounds so much cooler than Washington Commanders. Uh, my number three, Brigade. I have Defenders three, um, and it would be higher if I can't believe we have <laughs> the same. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized that I was like, I thought my number two was gonna be your number eight. Defenders, I think, sound so cool, but they would be stealing it from the XFL team because there was a team called the DC Defenders. But I think DC Defenders, it sounds so cool, though. I think that would work really well. It would. If they just named the DC instead of Washington. You you just have to get past the fact that it's another team's name. And that you're a district on the state. Yeah. I went Um, back and forth on my top two. (laughs) What do you have as your number two? Because of the sake of that they wanted to be changed. Like, this better not be... I mean, I'd be happy if after all this weight, <laughs> they kept it the same. But I'm going to hope they're going to change it. I so don't want them to change it. My number two is football team. Me too. I, lo- I love that name. It's, you have no idea how much. Me. You have no idea how much I love that name. Washington football team. It's so stupid. It's such a parody on the world. I, I understand, you know, wanting it to be away from, you know, a Native American thing. Same thing with the, you know, the Indians in baseball. Yeah, uh, the, the Blackhawks might. Right? Yeah, yeah, the Blackhawks might get away from it from, from hockey because they're honoring a uh, a chief Blackhawk or whatever it was, or the tribe. They're not like using a racial slur or anything. Um, but apparently, nobody was actually offended by Redskins. So, uh, the fact that they changed it to the just like Washington Football Team, you know exactly what they are. What is a Patriot? What is a Giant? What is a Saint? You know exactly what you're watching when you say, "I'm watching the football team." Which one? If you go, Washington. if you if you meet a female. Or if you meet a little kid and you go, 
Hey, that's the Washington football team right there. They're going to go, oh, cool. That's a football team. Hey, those are the Eagles. Well, why are they human? Well, <laughs> why, why are they called the Utah Jazz? They're in Utah. There's no jazz music out there. There's no lakes in LA. Washington football team. There's a football team in Washington. They play football. They're a team. I like it. I like it a lot, too. Me too. And like you said, we can do parody and puds with other sports. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. because then Cleveland baseball team could have been a thing. <laughs> Chicago hockey team. It, th- I think more teams should do this. The uh, the Rutgers chess club team. Like, just do more of this. Stop picking animals that don't make sense for your sport. If I was head of EA Sports Creative for video games, anytime you create a team, it should be default. Team, you should have the opportunity. Team yeah. and then football team or baseball yeah. team. And then you, you can should, obviously change it. You should have to earn the logo after a couple of years. If you do an expansion <laughs> team and like NBA 2K... You should have to be like the Seattle basketballs for one year. And your you. logo should just have to be a basketball with a smiley face on it and a pair of hands. <laughs> I think that's how it should work. And in hockey, the Seattle Kraken, cool name. Another one I'm not thrilled about though, because the fact that, Hey, what are you? I'm a Kraken, but it's a cool <laughs> name. So it works. And the golden Knights works too, but they should have been the Seattle hockey club or HC Seattle. Like some of those German teams do. They put HC in front, kind of like the, uh, Soccer teams that do uh, FC, blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this should be this should be FT Washington football team representing Washington. Now, if they wanted to make this better, they should do the WDCFT Washington DC football team, and then just keep adding things to it. Then they should expand it to Washington District of Columbia United States football team. And make the announcer say it at the, at the head of every game. Joe Buck. Welcome to Washington, D.C., or Landover, Maryland, which isn't even in Washington, D.C., for today's matchup between the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington, D.C., but somehow also Landover, Maryland, United States football team. And they should have to say that every time they score a touchdown. Heineke rolls out. Heineke runs to the end zone. Touchdown, Washington, D.C., United States of America, Landover, Maryland football team. Can you imagine a two-minute warning with Boomer? Just say all of that <laughs> rattling off. The football team. Heineken, not Heineken. Da, da, da. And then just rattles that off. <laughs> Flawlessly. Yeah. Uh, they dropped two Redskins on um, on Monday Night Football this week, by the way. Brian Greasy said Redskins. <laughs> and then Steve Levy called him out for it. And he said, you got to give me a dollar. So you got to put a dollar in the I change. Bin. I yeah. I thought that was funny. I thought it was better that they called him out for it, too. I like that they called him out for it. Yeah, I thought honest. it. Because you don't want to just hide from it. He said the R word, and then the guy made fun of him for it. All right, so number one for you? Red Wolves. Yeah, me too. I love that name. It's a good name. That is a solid name. You get to keep red. You get to keep your colors. You get a cool logo. Hopefully a cool logo. Yeah, not a Pixart logo or whatever clip art. (laughs) And then you get to keep Hail to the Red. Boom. Perfect. I like it. It was fun. Glad we're on the same page. Hopefully, uh, maybe uh, next time we can come up with five for you. You oh yeah, you know. Now that I knew you did that, I didn't realize you were making <laughs> up your own. I do like the the DC corruption though. <laughs> you don't like, like Tina's bad. Tina's bad. That was that <laughs> caught me completely off guard. It's it's not his name, but it's a district. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, def- wins and losses before we wrap up a solid. My favorite segment. <laughs> my favorite recurring segment. Um, I do have a mini gripe that I mentioned earlier. Um, 
my gripe right now is Nick Sirianni with the the visor <laughs> and the highlighter clipped onto the visor. Oh, First of all, I have no idea why every football coach wears a visor and not a hat. Kyle Shanahan, maybe that's the reason because he looks like he's in his 50s and he's trying to look like he's in his 20s. But when he wears the hat, I'm just like, he gets it. The hat fits on the head. He doesn't look like he's fishing. He doesn't look like he beats his kids. Why are you wearing a visor? Like Joel right now on camera wearing a Phillies hat. There's a there's a cap on that hat. There, it's not just a giant ring. It's 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 not a visor. <laughs> it's, it, we're not fishing. We're not hunting. For oh, visors yeah. are for nerds and highlighters are for nerds too. Although I use a highlighter at work. But he looks so stupid with that highlighter hooked onto his hat. Check our Instagram story. Um, if you haven't already, um, I found a, like a parody of the Nike logo and it's got a little highlighter on it. <laughs> I did see that. Um, and, and homage to, uh, Jalen hurts talking about flushing that loss down the toilet. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, that's my mini gripe for the week. Just be better, Nick, please. And grow out the beard. You look crazy. Come on now. Yeah, I do I like him though. I I I do like Sirianni. I hope he succeeds because he seems like a nice guy and he seems like he really is trying his best to appeal to his players in the city. I think it's good that they took this this uh, this beating early. Shows growth yeah. from here on out. Absolutely, yeah. Give them something to fight back from. For sure. All right. How many W's and how many L's do you have? I have one W, and I have a loss, and I have two losses, but one loss is more of a celebration of a loss. Okay, I have one W and then like one L that's kind of a collective L. So it's two L's and one. All right. I think similar here. Okay, uh, you want to do the L first or the I kind of feel better about my W, so I'll do you do them whatever whatever order you would like to do, I'll do I'll do uh L first. Okay. I'll do one L. You do the win and then I'll end mine with the L. Okay. Um lost Tyron Woodley and Jake Jake Paul again in the news. I thought this thing died already, but apparently it's back. Really? Because uh, Tyron Woodley finally posted a tattoo that he got on his body that says, I love Jake Paul. In reference to their first fight, which the UFC fighter lost. And in order to get a rematch, Jake Paul was like, you need to get a tattoo that says, I love Jake Paul. Well, Woodley came through with his promise. And... It is tattooed on his body, and it's tattooed on his middle finger. So when he can, you know, if he's looking, if I'm looking at you right now, and I do the middle finger, I read it says I love Jake Paul, but you just see my middle finger. <laughs> so it's I don't know, it's backwards, it's stupid. So if Eli Manning put up the double bird again like he did Monday night, <laughs> he would be reading I love Jake Paul on his middle finger. Yeah, and I would just be reading two middle fingers. Um, and then the response from Jake Paul after seeing that is. Him talking about, oh my god, he really got it, and then he spits out this paper that had a message on it that says, "I love you too," oh, and he starts so kissing stupid. this the the video, and then it cuts off. Uh, they should both be shot for that. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I understand getting a bag, getting the money. It's an entertainment and stuff. But as a MMA purist or a fan, I'm like, it's kind of sucks to see. But I understand. Make your money when you can. But I don't know what they're. Me out. I don't know what they're getting from that, but it should be five to ten years <laughs> minimum. Yeah. All right, would you like me to do my L as well? Yeah. All right, my L are two athletes with the name Ben. Um, <laughs> ben redacted Simmons, obviously, for being just like the world's <laughs> biggest crybaby. His his idea of himself 
worth is so different from the public perception of him at this point. It's actually upsetting because he did come off as like a nice guy throughout his career, but now he's just like the biggest baby. Uh, my other one is Ben Raplesberger. Um, <laughs> oh my God. I don't know if you watched any of that Steelers game on Sunday, but he looks like death. He doesn't look like an athlete anymore. I saw a tweet that said, Bet, even Benny doesn't like this. Benny's pissed too. Yep. He saw, yeah, he's pissed. He's got to share the name with these two bozos. Um, he, dude, I saw a tweet that said, quarterbacks when they age look like what Ben Roethlisberger looks like right now, not what Tom Brady has looked like. <laughs> Brady's older than Roethlisberger and he's older than Rodgers. And you would not know it by the way Rodgers physically looks and the way that Roethlisberger physically moves. So, uh, Raphisberger, I don't know what's going on with him, but. <laughs> I don't know. My message to him is you don't have to consent to retiring, but the only way you're getting out of this bathroom is if you consent to retiring. So just like you did to that woman in that bathroom in that nightclub, um, I'm going to force you against your will to retire. Ouch. At Ben Simmons, you can, you can, I don't even know. That dude would rather climb a tree and make an excuse than stand on the ground and take ownership of something. I don't understand it. He would rather video game on Twitch. Yeah, maybe that's the only way to get through them. And right. uh, lose to lose biddies. Oh, yeah. but I'll just share my loss because it kind of coincides with yours, Ben yep. Raithlisberger. Um It's more of a celebration, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but R. Kelly has been found guilty on all counts of sex trafficking. Oh. So he is now facing mandatory minimum of 10 years to life in prison. Goodness. So that's an L, but it's also a celebration. This man's gone. Yeah, and in in honor of R. Kelly, I took a piss before this episode started. So, uh, yeah, good for him. Uh, I also do have another L. Whatever, whoever Jalen Hurts' publicist is, yeah, has got to get him to stop thinking he's fucking Socrates all of a sudden with these ridiculous quotes all the time. Like when I go to work, I go to work. Well, I no shit, you go to work. That's why you're getting paid. So this thing I. about when you when you drop a deuce, you flush it, you don't look at it. That's first of all, that's a lie. I don't know anybody that doesn't look at their poops when they before they flush them. You must be a heathen. Unhuman. And secondly, I, I, the last thing I want the Eagles to do is burn the game tape from Monday because I want them to watch that and figure out what the fuck happened. Facts. I don't know. I don't know why they would want to burn. I understand it. Sometimes you get your butt kicked and that's fine. Uh, by the way, T Higgins can't score the first touchdown tomorrow because he's officially out. So that's an L for me. Um, <laughs> I just got the notification. <laughs> live from uh, the podcast. Live. So that, that would have been a waste of five dollars. But like, I understand sometimes you just burn the tape because something bad happens. Um, you get your butt kicked. Fine, move on from it. But I don't. I don't think Monday is one of those games. You can't just flush the tape down the toilet, so to speak, or bury the tape. I know oh. sometimes that happens, but this is one that you can't just turn your back to. You got to look at the tape and realize what happened and what went wrong. Um, which will also tie into my L and my W. I'm sorry, my W in a moment after yours. Um, yeah, I agree. Like, fuck, why burn it? That, if anything, this should be a highlight. This is like what you should not. Yeah, this is as you, bad as it got. You learn from this. Maybe if you want to burn last week's tape because it was kind of just like an anomaly. Like, oh, that's weird. Nothing went well. Like, fine. Or you know, some games that if, if there's a blowout in the NFL, sometimes a team will just burn the tape and say, "Look, we got our butts kicked. We have a lot to work on. Let's just start over from scratch." This is not one of those. Yeah, I'm sorry, but it's just not. And you got the Chiefs, the Bucks, your yeah. Panthers. Saints, I believe. I'm, yeah, how many tapes are you going to burn? Yeah. You're going to get your butt kicked at four of those games. And then Dallas comes to town. And you're going to get your butt kicked. Now. And then you got to go to the Giants right after Thanksgiving. So, 
Shit. And they're still pissed off about last year. I mean, I don't know if they can do anything <laughs> about it, but because the way they look, they look about as helpless as you do. That should just be a double forfeit. <laughs> and then you can you can help my preseason bold prediction. But I don't understand what I, mine up. <laughs> I, I hope they didn't actually burn that tape and get rid of it because I think that's a game they should be looking at to get from. But whoever Jalen Hurts' publicist is, I love Jalen Hurts. You do too. We're both on the record saying we hope he succeeds, but that was just a stupid comment. She or he should be fired or be like, yo, talk to me. Yeah. Come on. Like this could not yeah. happen. Up there with Brian Kelly. They must share a publicist. <laughs> Jeez, Brian Kelly was pretty out there. Yeah, that was pretty shout funny. Out to, shout out to Richard for that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was another good game. Oh, it was. I made money on that too. Uh, right. My W, my only W is one great Manny Pacquiao officially retires from the world of boxing. Oh, that's right. Eight division champion in history of boxing. He's a sitting senator in the Philippines as we speak, and he's going to be running for president in let me say in May. So he doesn't have in time to, to box anymore. <laughs> yeah, oh no, he's been a senator. He'll just come over and box and then go back. But uh, he's going to run for president in May's election against incumbent Rodrigo Dutre. And shout out to Rodrigo because not for him, but our boy Rodrigo Blankenship. I was going to say not to hot be mistaken rod. with Hot Rod. <laughs> hot Rod. Friend Hot Rod silencing the haters. Yeah, absolute friend of the show. <laughs> you know what I thought was adorable on Sunday? What's so that? Justin Tucker hit that 60, whatever, 66 yarder. Uh, yeah. When you open Twitter, you can sometimes see like a tweet and it'll say right above it, like Joel liked this tweet. Yeah. It said Rodrigo, Rodrigo Blankenship liked this tweet. And it was a tweet of Justin Tucker kicking that field goal. I'm like, that's adorable. What am- this dude is way too wholesome to be in the NFL. He's a sneakerhead, by the way. Yeah, shout out Hot Rod. He's a Lego head too. Oh, I saw the but, video. I mean, somehow he has, a, he has a girlfriend, though, so I don't know. A wife, sir. A wife. Oh, really? So plenty of false hope for all the Lego people out there. <laughs> and he yeah, wears specs. My, uh, Love him. That's my W. Manny Pacquiao and Hot Rod. Why not? Yeah. Every every I'm, week is yeah. a good week for uh, Hot Rod. Yeah, so we poked fun at um at Hot Rod for being kind of a nerd, but I we both love him. I poked fun at Sirianna for being a nerd, but I, I kind of like him. I'm a nerd for announcers, so my W of the week is anybody that is a nerd for announcers the way I am. Because I think right now we're in a pretty golden era of NFL announcers. Yeah, man. College Joe as well. Boy, yeah. So, I mean, just running down the list, uh-huh. you got Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson. Those two were awesome. Very good. Gus Johnson is back doing NFL games. Thank God. He's electric. Kevin Harlan is amazing. Trent Green is his analyst. They're great. Ian Eagle and Charles Davis, you kidding me? Yeah. Um, Troy, uh, listen, I know people don't like Joe Buck. Everybody thinks he hates their team, so he must be pretty unbiased if every single person thinks he hates their team. Yeah, right. I think he's way better than he gets credit for. He just had that little down period from like 2010 to 2013 where he sounded kind of monotone all the time. And, and he does baseball uh, as well. That ball, that ball is gone. Congratulations on winning. But he's actually been very good of late. Aikman's annoying, but he's fine. Kevin Kugler, shout out him and Mark Sanchez, another like under the radar broadcast team on Fox. I didn't know they he, were doing that. I didn't you know got Mark Al. Was out there. Yeah, Mark Sanchez is awesome. He was doing college before. Now he's doing the NFL. Awesome. Um, Mark. Obviously, Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth, Michelle Tafoya on Sunday Night Football. Benny disagrees. Um, <laughs> and then, dude, the Monday Night Football, they have gone through like a kind of a bit of a period where they can't find the right crew. Ever like since Tariqo. it was, yeah, Tariqo and Gruden was like the best crew I think they've had. They're both awesome. Then they tried uh, Sean McDonough. His voice cracked mm-hmm. too much, he didn't work. Gruden went to the NFL. And then they're like, all right, screw it. McDonough's going back to in college. Joe Tessitore, who does boxing and college football, perfect for those. He wasn't great in the NFL. Witten sucked. Booger McFarland's hands are way too big. 
Then they go to Brian Greasy. <laughs> I'm sorry, they go to they go to Steve Levy, Steve Brian Levy. Greasy, and um, Lewis Riddick and Lisa Salters. Amazing. Levy's great. Mm-hmm. Brian Greasy's awesome. Lewis Riddick is the best on TV. He's better than than Romo. He's very. And Lisa cool. Salters a very good uh, sideline reporter. You didn't even um, mention Romo. No, well, yeah, Nance and Romo, of course. They're great too. Um, I've actually, the reason I didn't mention them is I was looking at an awful announcing. They list the announcers each week and I was trying to give credit to every crew and I think I skipped them. Uh, but dude, another reason the Eagles should not burn the tape, Brian Greasy fucking called out one of the audibles for the for the Cowboys on Monday. Oh, yeah, the um, Bob Ross. Yeah, D- Dak goes, uh, you know, he does the hard count and then he goes, all right, easy, easy. And he calls Bob Ross. Greasy goes, all right, this is going to be a draw. Bob Ross likes to paint. Sure How does no eagle pick up on that? Sure Look, enough. Gre- Greasy's great. Riddick's great. Everybody's good. Uh, very few. Kenny Albert stinks, but <sighs> he, he, uh, Chris Meyer sounds like he's always got a plastic bag on his face when he's speaking, but <laughs> he and even co- and even in college, you got, um, you have Tesla tour is very good for college. McDonough's really good for college. You have Joe Davis doing games on Fox. Uh, Brady Quinn's an analyst. He's very good. And then you got, um, you know, the college game day is amazing with all the guys they oh, have yeah. on that. But I think that's up there with uh, Inside the NBA for best, like, sports show on TV. And then Chris NBA Fowler over. and Kirk Herbstreet. Oh, yeah. yeah, Inside the NBA is better, but college game day is amazing. The atmosphere is just different. And then you got um, Chris Fowler, Kirk Herbstreet for the Saturday night game. Nobody makes a big game feel bigger than those two. And I think we're in a golden era for announcing. And if you're a nerd like myself – and and also you got – um. Tariko, Kurt Warner, Drew Brees are doing um, the uh, the Saturday games for Notre Dame. Really? That's yeah. Nice. They do them on uh, NBC. I don't know if Warner still does it. Or it might be Tony Dungy. I forget. But it, no, whatever combo of those Dungy's four you want to put too. together. Dungy's great. The guys in the studio are great. It's just tough to beat. I think they're all great. So I think we're in a, a, nerdy, a nerdy point on my behalf, but we're in a golden era for announcers. And then you also got Brad Nessler on, on CBS doing the games with uh, Gary Daniel. You, listen, we can go through this entire – you can go through every you announcer can go crew. Through them. <laughs> I think we're in a good time for announcers, and I think it's been a lot of fun watching games. The, the presentation of the game for me is as important as the game itself because if you have two lousy announcers doing a great game, the game doesn't feel like it's that good, Yeah, and sure. which is unfortunate because for the last, like, four years on, um, on Monday Night Football, you had McDonough and Tessator who kind of, you know, were not that great. And some of these games kind of went sideways because of it. So viewership turns off. They see that shit too. Absolutely. So shout out to all the wonderful announcers out there. Yeah. Shout out to all of them. It, it, it is an art form. It is. A, it is something you should be good at to oh, do. It. You hard. can't, you can't just pick up a microphone and talk. Oh no. I learned that the hard way in college. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did. Uh, it was like a college, like women's college uh, game at home. Mm-hmm. And they asked me, hey, do you want to do it? you want to give it a shot? I'm like, hell yeah, I want to do it. thing is, I did as much prep as I could, but my guy didn't do it at all. Yeah. And then I didn't know the difference between play caller and color commentator. Mm-hmm. So I was like, fuck. So I knew the sport. Yeah. But he wanted me to do pl- uh, play-by-play. I'm like, all right, I can do that. But he didn't know anything about the sport. So I'm like, so I'm doing it both, and you're just going to go like, whoa, awesome. Yeah. And say the score, like, nah, That's... that ain't working. But... <laughs> you have to entertain the masses because you're on radio. We were ba- yeah. on radio. Yeah. So it was like you have to describe what's happening in real time with no replay, no booth or anything. You're just reacting to what you see. Yeah, so which is why uh, it, any Phillies fans out there or even um, 
So I know we have it pretty good with Philadelphia. We have four pretty good crews um, for radio. Tom McGinnis does the Sixers game solo. Um, God bless. Uh, Tim Saunders and Steve Coates for the Flyers. They're very good. Um, and even before it was Coatsy, they had uh, Chris Tarian. Uh, and then the Eagles obviously have Merrill Reese and uh, Mike Quick. I think Merrill's a little overrated. I don't really know mm. if he's that good of an announcer. Quick is very good for uh, analyzing. And then the Phillies have Phillies have an amazing uh, radio crew. I love uh, Scott Fransky. Um, <laughs> Larry Anderson's great. They have um, Kevin Franzen's awesome. And then on TV, you know, uh, Zumoff stepped down. Obviously, he retired. Sixers. I'm interested to see how that looks. But the Flyers guys are great. The uh, Eagles obviously don't have like a regional crew, but. Jim Jackson for the Flyers is awesome. I like Keith Jones and Bill Clement and all those guys and Chris Terry and then the uh, the Phillies. Tom McCarthy gets a bad rap because he's not like great, but there's a reason they have him do national games from time to time. They must think he's good. And then Kruk is decent. Mike Schmidt should just dig a hole and stop <laughs> talking because he just talks over every call. But the, we have a pretty we have a pretty good here in Philly. For sure, we're blessed. Yeah. Obviously. I'm trying right, to update, well, let me update the roster one more time. See if there's anything for the Phillies today. Uh, nothing. Nothing. I don't Twitter. think so. Yeah, I'm sure it'll come out in a half hour. Uh, episode nine, we're going to do on uh, this coming Friday. That will be what October first. Yeah. yeah, October first. We're going to recap Thursday night football. Uh, we're going to see. I don't know if anything will happen within the Ben Simmons saga because it seems like right now, um, Zach Lowe reported that no no trade has really been close to happening. Um, if anything does come out within the Ben Simmons, you know, saga, we'll see what happens, but I don't think anything will. We'll talk a little bit of college football. We'll react to the Phillies uh, tonight, tomorrow night's games. Uh, they might be out. They might be, you know, fighting for their lives. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Talk a little bit of NFL. We'll do our weekly picks. And then um, anything interesting that happens in the sports world, we'll talk about. For sure. And uh, uh, any last word, Rob? I got nothing. Uh, well, the next time we'll be recording will be October 1st. So remember to find Billy Joe Armstrong and wake him up because September is going to end and we're oh, into yeah, October. Got to let him know. All right. Peace, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye.